0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
1: i guess the scientific name is Laconomab, but the commercial name is lacem Lake- Lakembi, yes. So why why are you putting a Q in there? How do they come up with these names, by the way? And why a Q without a U? And we're talking with Christy Koval, by the way, uh, from Alzheimer's Association of Connecticut here in studio, which is a pleasant surprise. Um, but it's great to be here. Thank I, you. How do they name this stuff, first of all, before we get no into I have no
2: idea. I have it's no bizarre. idea, really. That's that's not my decision.
1: The Q without the U throws me off. So this drug gets approved by the FDA just for people, you know, and, and again, uh, we've had a really good conversation already off the air on this. Just explain to people what this this drug that's been approved can or can't do.
2: Absolutely. So last week, the FDA granted uh, accelerated approval for this drug called Lecembi. Um, it is designed for people who have MCI, which is mild cognitive impairment or early Alzheimer's disease. And what's exciting is that this is now the second disease modifying drug that targets. Um, The amyloid in the brain, which is also known as the protein clumps in the brain, which slows the degenerative process of Alzheimer's disease. And what this means um, in the trial is that there was a 27% reduction over 18 months in the clinical study. Um, And this gives people more time. This is not a curative drug, right? Right. This is giving people more time, time to enjoy their families, time to live independently, time to be able to make decisions and participate in hobbies. And this is just really exciting because now we're really seeing the drug pipeline, you know, kick in.
1: So I want to get into some of the diagnostic elements, but the the most interesting part of our off-mic conversation was that this drug gets approved, but that doesn't mean you can get it.
2: No, and that that's the challenge right now. So, um, CMS, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, have they issued a decision last year? Right when adjuhelm was approved, right, um, and that was the first disease modifying drug that they are not providing access to these drugs in this particular category, and that's really unprecedented, right? Why well, would they do that? Well we don't know i mean there was a lot of controversy with the fda approval of aduhelm and we do know that more data and more data and studies are being done so but for other disease diseases like cancer heart disease hiv aids when you have a drug that gets fda approval you be, you get access through medicare
1: so basically what you're saying though is that it's not cover- you can't get it covered by insurance or you no. can't even get it prescribed like what if i'm really wealthy and just would pay for it.
2: You could pay privately. You can get that. You can get it, but the the price tag right now for this drug is very expensive. Or what are we talking have, about? Do you have any idea? Um, Twenty six thousand five hundred for 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 the for the year, and that's on average. And it's an infusion drug. So what we're calling on CMS to do is to reverse its decision, and they've agreed to look at now the new data to look at drugs in this class because it's not just this drug. It's drugs that are coming, and and families want this. They want to be able to make that decision and talk to their doctor about options.
1: I don't understand. Is this like the health insurance lobby? that I I guess I'm trying to get to the root of the motivation for them doing it. Why would they not make it accessible? Because the drug companies want it sold because then they get insurance. They make their money. So it's not the drug companies in favor of this, but is it the health insurance companies that don't want it because they don't want to pay?
2: Well, I think we have to look back at the first drug, right? And we know that we're we're early now in disease modifying drugs that are getting approved. Oh, because it's
1: not effect because it's not the improvement's not enough for them to want to support so, it.
2: So there was controversy with the Adjuvome decision, yeah. right? And and people remember hearing about that. This drug is showing modest benefit for people at a certain stage of the disease, but to issue a decision that does not give patients and families the opportunity to have a drug that's available and accessible to them is mm-hmm. just not right.
1: So basically you said 27%, is that what you said? It was a 27 So basically you're saying decline. like we're not going to underwrite or subsidize something that's only 27% effective. Is that, I'm trying to distill it for a layperson why someone listening who may know somebody or isn't in this situation, says, I, I can't get access to this drug because they won't cover it.
2: So I think what people should know is that we need to have CMS reverse their decision, right? So that drugs that are coming down the pipeline, not only these two drugs, but the drugs that are coming for in this category that target the beta amyloid get covered so people can have the opportunity when they get diagnosed – to have this as an option, right? So that's that's sort of the underlying. As a patient advocacy organization, the Alzheimer's Association really advocates for CMS to reverse their decision because it's not just these drugs. And you know, we are funding research around the globe, not just looking at drugs, but looking at things like inflammation, gut health, right. improved diagnostic measures to get people diagnosed, um, retinal scans, and lifestyle studies as well.
1: Okay. First of all, there's names I struggle with. I, I've known the pattern, like like AC FUD, I struggle. It's Koval, right? Koval. Yes. Okay, we're talking with Christy Koval from the Alzheimer's Association of Connecticut, and you, you just mentioned diagnostic. And that, I want to take a step back from this medication. And I, I, I may have asked you this in the past, but you know, and again, like I'm concerned about my own brain health, and. How do you how do you diagnose somebody with early onset Alzheimer's? Like how do you how, and is there a specific? Can you definitely say yes or no, or is it sort of like with some of these autoimmune things where it's kind of fluid?
2: So there's no singular test to get diagnosed, um, but what it is, it's a comprehensive diagnostic process. So it's blood tests, cognitive tests, scans, brain scans, and really what it is is it, you rule out other things, right? So. A lot of times people will notice changes in their memory, but they're not sure what it is. It could be a medication reaction. It could be another underlying health condition. But you want to think about this as memory changes that are impacting your daily life. And if you're having those, you you should reach out to your doctor or you can call our helpline if you have questions and, and you want some more information. But are
1: there like baseline tests?
2: There are. Yes, y- there, there, are. Are. there are. There's baseline tests. However, um, it's a process to get diagnosed. And because it is... You know, somewhat a lengthy process. It takes some time. It's not one singular test where you can go to the doctor and you you have it after one visit. Right.
1: I was talking um, in, in between um, segments with Matt Royce, our producer, but I I just don't take a lot. I don't take medicine. I'll take cold medicine and Advil, but I don't. I'm I, I haven't been on a prescription outside of like you know when I needed something for something specific, like a thirty day. You know, like if I had Lyme I had Lyme disease. I took, you know. Um, antibiotics or whatever. So I don't have any consistent medication that I take and I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of worried about it for a lot of different reasons, but what are some of the downsides? Are there other, are side effects to to taking this new medication?
2: There are. there are Just like with all medications, there's some side effects, right? Um, There's nausea. There's headaches. um, There can be something called the brain swelling, which is common with with people with this disease. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to present as symptomatic. But again, if you're taking a medication like this, you're being monitored by your doctor for symptoms that could show up.
1: We're talking with Christy Koval, who is a director of public Public policy Policy with uh, the Alzheimer's Association in Connecticut, and it's always... Always good to talk to you. You know, any events? Like what's what's on your calendar? Like what's happening with the association these days? Anything coming up?
2: There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, um believe it or not, it's a new year and we're we're kicking off um in a couple of weeks um with a Breakfast of Champions to gear up for our walk season. Yeah, uh, how many walks fall. are you going to do? Uh we are doing 6. 6. 6 next fall. Um so it's it's really acknowledging and having people get involved in that. Um alz.org/ct if people want to Uh, get interested in getting involved with us. But we also have the legislative session um, that's starting now, and we're looking at statewide dementia care coordination as well as uh, possibly some dementia training for folks that work in the home care industry. So do you do
1: the lobbying? Are you the one who goes up
2: to the Capitol? I am. I am, yes. But I also have a team of advocates. So I have a lot of folks who are impacted with this disease or family members who have been impacted, or professional care providers, people who really want to make change and, and make things better.
1: Where are we in Connecticut relative to the other forty-nine states in terms of support, advocacy? Like, yeah, are there, there is there an Alzheimer's Alzheimer's Association in every state? There is. Okay. There is. We
2: are a national organization, right. so there's there's chapters in every state.
1: And in terms of like support or state laws, like what is there, are there things happening here in Connecticut? Like that are more or less supportive than other states? I mean, I don't know how it is relative to other places in the country or even the region of, of New England. I have no idea.
2: We've made a lot of progress on the state front um every state is is different and unique in terms of how they administer programs and services to people with alzheimer's disease i think we've made a lot of progress do you think
1: connecticut does a good job i do i do
2: i think there's always room for improvement in terms of looking at things like dementia training for for care providers and i think um looking at you know programs and services you know we are shifting on looking at taking care of folks more in the home you know rebalancing the system of care because most people want to stay home as they get older
1: Yeah. Listen, it's great to see you. Happy New Year. It's great to be here. And uh, when the walks start coming, make sure you come in, and I'd love to go to one as well. Uh, Christy Koval with the Alzheimer's Association of Connecticut.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.